Well, good evening, everybody. My name's uh, Neil. It's my pleasure to welcome you to our Carols by Candlelight service this evening, particularly if you are a visitor. You don't normally come. It's lovely to have you with us today. Um, I would say it's great to see you, but in the dark, it's uh, quite difficult to uh, see you. But we do hope you'll have a great time with us this evening. Just to explain what's going to happen, um, we'll be having a series of readings and carols. Um, it won't, they won't be announced, so as you see the words of the carols appear on the screen, then do please stand to sing. Uh, your instructions will appear on the screen as well. So for some verses, it may be the choir singing, there may be a solo, but follow the instructions and you can't go very far wrong. Let's pray as we start our service together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that at Christmas Jesus came into the world as Emmanuel, God with us. And we thank you that you're with us now by your spirit. And we pray this evening as we sing carols together, as we hear readings read from your word, that you would help us to focus on the truth of those words, to forget all the worries and concerns that we have and leave them with you. Help us to trust in your goodness towards us and fill us, we pray, with wonder at the amazing act of humility that Jesus should come down to earth as our saviour to bring us eternal peace and joy. In his name we pray. Amen. Our first reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This reading is also from the prophet Isaiah, the first three verses of chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. The next reading is from John chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. 
the true light that gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and although the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that watch, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. This next reading is taken from Luke chapter 1. The birth of Jesus foretold. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Let's come now to God in prayer. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that he humbled himself and came down to earth from heaven. We thank you for the miracle of his birth by the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the good news that the angels brought for all people the birth of a saviour. And we thank you that he can be our king forever and make it possible for us to be friends with you. Father, we are sorry that in the middle of all our excitement about Christmas parties and decorations and food and presents and everything else, we sometimes forget to thank you for the best present we've been given. We forget to thank you for Jesus. We forget why Jesus came to save us from our sins. And we're sorry when we're more interested in the presence we receive than those we give 
We're sorry when we're more interested in making sure we have a good time than looking out for those who are sad or lonely. Please forgive us, we pray, and help us to make Jesus the number one in our lives this Christmas. Father, we do pray for those who are sad and lonely this Christmas, those who remember the loss of loved ones. Pray for those in hospital at Christmas or waiting for hospital treatment. Pray for those who are homeless, that you would find them shelter. Pray for those living in places where there is war and conflict, that you would keep them safe and bring peace. We pray for those who do not yet know the true meaning of Christmas, that they would hear and understand the good news of Jesus and come to know him as their own Lord and Saviour. And Father, we pray that we would all be filled with the joy of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So the reading is from Luke 2, the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Luke 2, verses 8 to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, 
they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Well, last uh, Saturday evening, while everybody else was watching the final of uh, Strictly, or some of you might have been, we decided in our house to light some candles and to sit in the dark. Actually, it wasn't a choice, it was because in our part of the village we were having a power cut. But we haven't got a power cut now, so why are we sitting in candlelight when we could have all the lights on? Well, I think one reason is that the simplicity, the, the stillness, the soft lighting, help us to forget about all the busyness and the worries of our lives and instead to focus on the one person who Christmas is all about, Jesus himself. Helps to take us back in our imaginations to that first Christmas night, to the stable where Jesus was born and placed in a manger. Probably wouldn't have been any LED lights around that manger. Just one maybe single lantern. Helps us to picture ourselves in the field outside Bethlehem at night time. Where we are told the shepherds were keeping watch over their flocks. We don't know how many there were. Maybe they were gathered around a fire to keep warm like in the picture behind me. But they were about to get a shock of their lives because an angel appears and we're told the glory of the Lord shone around them we'll spend a bit more time focusing on the angels on Christmas day but the reaction of the shepherds was they were terrified now these are men who live out in the fields they're, they're used to protecting sheep from attack by wild animals they're pretty tough there's not much that will frighten them But the men were terrified. Anyone who comes into the presence of God himself or who meets someone who's been in the presence of God like an angel is going to be terrified. They're literally going to be overawed. Unfortunately, the angel is coming as a friend and reassures the shepherds by saying, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Now, the two questions I want to spend just a few minutes uh, looking at this evening. Uh, the first of those is, why the shepherds? Why did God choose the shepherds as the first people to be told about the birth of Jesus? Israel, a nation, had been waiting hundreds of years for the arrival of the Messiah. Uh, there are a whole lot of other people God could have told first. Why not the priests? After all, they were meant to intercede between the people and God. Why not the most powerful man on the planet at that time, Caesar himself, who ruled over a third of the world's population? Well, we'll answer that question. But the second question is, how would this news cause great joy to all the people? It's lovely when we hear of the birth of a baby, isn't it? Um, But how is the news of this particular baby going to be of great joy to all people? Well, let's start with the first question. Um, Why did God choose the shepherds? 
Well, on Sunday mornings in the last few weeks in our Advent series, we've been looking at um, some other people the Lord chose to reveal himself to. One of those was Zechariah, a priest who was burning incense in the temple when the angel Gabriel appeared to him. The other one was Mary, an insignificant woman engaged to be married who lived in a little town called Nazareth in Galilee. Both were given quite incredible news to accept, but we saw quite a contrast in their response. Zechariah couldn't believe that he and his wife would have a baby at their age. This was his response. Mary, on the other hand, was given the impossible news that she would have a baby even though she was a virgin and that that baby would be the son of God. Well, her response was to accept it with a simple trust. May your word to me be fulfilled, she said. The point being made was Jesus came with good news for those who were prepared to trust him and to humbly submit to him. He didn't come for those who were considered important, either in the world's eyes or in their own eyes. Wasn't interested in those who thought they'd done enough to deserve God's favour. The shepherds are the last people anyone would expect to receive a visit from God's messenger. They wouldn't have been educated or have had any particular social position. They were on the edge of society. This is not your modern-day Western sheep farming where you sleep in your nice, warm, comfortable bed at night. No, they slept rough. Didn't get to wash themselves or their clothes very often. It's quite a lonely existence without much social interaction. But it was to make the point that Jesus came for the humble. That's why he chose humility. That's why he chose poverty for himself. He didn't have to be born in a stable, placed in an animal's feeding trough. Could have been born in the UK in the 21st century in a private hospital surrounded by a whole team of medics and equipment. But God made himself small. And it's as we humble ourselves and become like little children that we can enter the kingdom of God. Jesus came for the humble. Secondly, I wonder whether the reason that the angels appeared first to the shepherds was that it was pointing ahead to the role that Jesus would fulfill, the metaphorical role Jesus would fulfill of a shepherd himself. People are often described in the Bible as sheep. Uh, the Bible says we are all like sheep who've gone astray. But Jesus came as a shepherd to gather the sheep. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus went in search of the sheep, those who were lost, those who had wandered off. And eventually he showed how much he loved them by dying for them. So that they didn't need to take the punishment that they deserved. Jesus was born to die. Jesus came for the humble. And Jesus came as the good shepherd. But what about the second question? How would this news cause great joy for all people? I wonder how joyful you feel right now. If we were to play um, Slade's Merry Christmas, everybody, how easy would that be for you? Would you be jumping up and down? When you're still stressed out and worried about buying those presents that people who have already got everything 
Will they enjoy opening your present to them? When you're still worried about making food that uh, fussy people might not enjoy? When you're worried about providing a place where maybe some of those more awkward family members um, might not enjoy coming to be in your home? And that's just Christmas. Your mind is really on that health concern you've got, that financial worry, maybe that work problem. As we heard um, in the passage from Isaiah, Jesus came for the poor. He came for the, the brokenhearted, the captives, the prisoners. He came for those who mourn, for those with hurts, habits and hang-ups. And the good news that the angels said to the shepherds was today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. Well, just a few chapters later in Luke's Gospel, we read how Jesus, now a grown man, returned to his hometown of Nazareth, went to the synagogue, and read that same passage from Isaiah before sitting down and saying, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus' mission of binding up the brokenhearted, setting the oppressed free, had begun. So if that's you, if you have no joy, maybe because you're brokenhearted, Jesus, the Saviour, will bind up your broken heart. If you have no joy because you feel somehow captive to something or someone, um, your Saviour says he's come to free you. If you have no joy because of your grief, your Saviour says he's bringing you comfort. If you have no joy because of your sin and your guilt that's weighing you down, your saviour says he's bringing the joy of forgiveness. We live in a broken world. But the exhaustion, the sorrow and sin we face will not have the last word because our saviour's come. Our rescue has begun and its completion is guaranteed. That is good news and that is the cause for great joy. The angel said to the shepherds, the saviour has arrived. He hasn't arrived in style. The angel said he's wrapped in in clothes. He's lying in a manger. He won't find many newborn babies lying in a manger in Bethlehem. So when you do find him, you'll know that he is the Messiah. It doesn't take the shepherds long, does it, after the angels have left to, to hurry down to Bethlehem to see whether what they've said is true. And sure enough, they find Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, who was lying in a manger, just as the angel said. And when they saw him, their eyes were opened, and they realized that this was the promised Messiah. And so they went, they spread the word. Something incredible has happened. You'll never believe what has happened. And everyone who heard it was amazed. Amazed that it was the shepherds who were telling them this amazing news of the arrival of the Messiah. And then the shepherds, we're told, returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. They went back to their sheep, but their lives would never be the same again because they had met God himself after the angels left the shepherds could have said well 
that was pretty amazing, but, you know, I've got sheep to look after. I haven't got a time to go and check out some ridiculous story about a baby being born in a stable. I wonder if that's the same for you. It's interesting what you're saying, but um, I've got time to check out um, a ridiculous story. I don't know what sort of place you are in this evening. You may be in a great place. Uh, Things are going really well for you in your life. Maybe you're just chugging along. Maybe you're actually not in a very good place at all. And everything's pretty hard. But whatever place you are in, to accept Jesus as your saviour, to submit to him as your Lord, is the most important decision you can ever make. And if you do so, you can experience the full joy of knowing Jesus Christ. Because being joyful doesn't depend on our circumstances, however painful they may be. Joy is something we can receive as a gift in the same way a child accepts a gift from its parents without questioning but simply trusting in the one who gives it. The message of salvation that the shepherds were given was one we are told would cause great joy. And that message is just as true, it is just as relevant for us today. Yes, Jesus was born as a saviour 2,000 years ago, but he lives and he reigns today. And he longs for each one of you to enjoy that gift of salvation. So the question I want to leave you with this evening is will you accept the gift of salvation? Will you know the great joy that Jesus brings? If you will, or if you want to know more, then please have a word with me afterwards or or Wellesley or pick up um, one of the booklets we have on on the way out, which will tell you all there is to know about Jesus himself. This one here, the real Christmas. Just take one away. Maybe if you came with somebody this evening, go have a chat with them. I'm sure they'll be very pleased to tell you the joy that they have experienced from knowing Jesus Christ for themselves. But let's close now by praying. Psalm 16 says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Father God, we thank you for that great message the angels brought to the shepherds. A message of great news that would cause joy for all people. Father, we'll thank you for the way that you have changed our lives. And we pray for, for any here who may be feeling overburdened, who may want to experience that joy of, of release that you offer. You want to experience the joy of an eternal life with you in your presence, surrounded by all the heavenly beings glorifying you. We praise you for your glory. And we praise you for the invitation to be a part of that. So come to us now, Lord. Fill us with your joy, we pray, as we go from here. As we continue to celebrate Christmas, not just over the next few days, but for the rest of our lives and into eternity. In Jesus' name. Amen.